Praise the Lord. You know, um, as I was sitting here this morning in worship, um, and I, I told the Lord, I will deliver this word. Um, you know, this is the body right here that's here this morning that is the seasoned believer. Turn to your neighbor and say seasoned believer. There are no visitors here. And I believe this word is for this group. And this is the word awake. Everybody say awake. Uh, there is a lethargy that is in the earth that is allowing the enemy to infiltrate in our nation and in the world that can only be stopped by the church. Everybody say by the church. And it says in Romans, I want to read this to you. It talks about the night is far spent. Everybody say it's almost over. That's what that means. And, and God is speaking to his people to rise up and get in position for where he wants us to be. But especially those of you that are sitting here in this service. It says, and do this knowing the time. Everybody say, knowing the time. The children of Israel knew the time that they were living in. This is not my message this morning. I just believe it's what the Lord told me to share. This is not the time to be asleep. It says that now it is high time. Everybody say high time. Not just knowing the time, but it's high time. Have you ever said it's high time that this changes? It's, you know, what that means is it needs to stop right now or it needs to make a change in direction. To awake out of sleep. And what God said to me was that's lethargy. It's not that we don't love God. It's just that we're not excited about God. We're not excited about what God's doing. You know, when that song was playing, it's like a roar out of heaven that should bring the church to its feet. And I'm not faulting any of you for not standing, but I'm telling you, this is what the spirit of God is saying. Am I who you sing about or am I just a song you sing? Am I the person that you see or is it just all about church? And so, you know, I know this is not probably a good way to start your message and have you all be angry, but I want to tell you, it's not me. Because I said to the Lord when I went back there and prayed, I said, now, God, I will say this, but I got to know it's you. And I can tell when the Holy Spirit is speaking because my body starts to shake. And it's like a holy roar out of heaven that says it is time for the church to rise up, to stand up. And that means not against the world, but for God. Did you hear that? Not against the world, but for God. And what that means is there is such a holy roar on the inside of us that it proclaims out of us through our lives, through our words, through our actions every day. The anticipation, everybody say anticipation, the anticipation of a mighty God showing up in such a mess that the world is created that everybody looks up and says, that was God. That was God. And that happens as a result of the church rising up. Not, a, not the world. The world is not going to rise up and look at Jesus. The church is going to awake. And this is what it says. The night is far spent. Our salvation is nearer than we first believed. And it says, therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the army of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. And that may be not what God is saying right here in this room, but I believe that we have to wake up. Everybody say, wake up. And what God said to me back there was, if you put a new baby in the midst of a family, everybody comes to life, whether they want to or not. Do you know, remember that 
You know how when you get a new baby in your house and you're up, you're feeding it, you're taking care of it. You know, it just becomes like the focus. And that's what it's going to take in the church to wake it up. Is this manifestation of seeing the need for people to know Jesus. That we want to birth babies. Everybody say birth babies. And you know, it, it, that, so that... When, when, we, when we're in the presence of God, we are hooked up with God. And in our praise and in our worship, we are pulling heaven to earth. We are pulling the anointing in earth. We are pulling God into every circumstance and every situation. We have woke up. We did wake up. We are awakened or whatever. It says that many times in the old covenant. God would say to the people, wake up, wake up, awake, awake, put on your strength. Put on what God has done in your life. Put it on. Get it on. Get it before the world so that the world can be changed. And I just say that to you. We serve a glorious God. You know, when that song said, he, he paid it all on Calvary. That's what that song. It's a story of what happened at Calvary. And that was for you and for me. But it was way beyond us. We've had it. We've gotten it. And it's just like, you know, I think uh, I was listening to Sharon Doherty last night as she was preaching. And it's so easy when we just, you know, we're just in our life. We just do what we do every day. And things are pretty okay. She had just come back from the Dominican Republic and been down there and seen people that had fled out of Haiti and seen the hurt and all the, the trauma. And she was saying, we have got to come out of ourselves. You know, and I was hearing her because that's what God said to this church. This is a year to make it about somebody else. And what makes it about somebody else is when you're so full of God that he spills over on everybody else. It isn't somebody, you know, the four steps of evangelism and we pass out the, the track that you take to your neighbor. I'm telling you, those are fine. But what really motivates the anointing of God is somebody so full of God that they are spinning through their neighborhood, just trying to get everybody around them into what they have. Do you remember those days? And so I think for this, this, this group that's in this room, second service, when you come in here, we have a lot of babies and I'm telling you, they're excited about anything. You just say anything and they're excited. You know why? Because they just got saved and they need everything. How many of you remember when you need everything? And now there's probably just one thing you're really fighting for because as we go from glory to glory, we have to fight harder and harder to go to that next realm in the spirit of God. So for us in this service, we may be fighting things that we've been fighting a long time, but we're about to see God manifest himself in those situations. So we have to be just as intense at this level as we were before. Otherwise, we will not be in what God is getting ready to do. And I believe we're about to see just something spectacular in the kingdom of God. When I came in here the other night and was just worshiping and praying, God took me all the way back to 1979 when I was by myself at my keyboard. And all I could do was play the piano and read notes. That's all I could do. I couldn't, I could never have thought I could write a song or sing a song or do anything, you know, that was outside of just on the written page. Somebody else got it. I sang it. But he began to, he began to speak to me at my keyboard and he gave me a song and it was all about just uh, sing for me, sing for me. Oh, my child, won't you sing for me? Sing for me. Well, that was the last thing I ever wanted to do was sing. You know, I didn't want to be up in front of anybody. Number one, number two, I didn't want to sing in front of anybody. So when I heard that, I thought, oh, God, please, is there anything else, you know, I could do? But I was such a wreck in my life, and I kept hearing, and this is what he said, tell them I love them so. Tell them I care. Tell them I'll meet their needs if they'll bring them in prayer. And if they only will believe, it is the truth they shall receive. It will be done for them.
in the name of my son. It was all about love. Everybody say all about love. And, and, and then when we moved here and we started the church in an intercessory prayer thing, he began to give me the song, Out of the Depths of My Infinite Love, I Will Rescue You. I Will Rescue You. Out of the depths of my infinite love, I will rescue you. Same thing again. I sent my son for the work to be done to rescue all mankind. And it is out of the depths of my infinite love, I will rescue you. And I felt like God said, just go back to the basics. Just go back to the basics. Just go back to where the love of God consumes the people. Because there's nothing that will change people like the love of God. And that's what I'm praying today, that God will consume us with the love of God, the love he had when he went to Calvary, and he took everything so that we could be everything that God called us to be. The, name, the, the title of this message is Songs of Deliverance. Everybody say, Songs of Deliverance. And uh, this is the scripture I want you to look at. It's in Psalm 32, 7. God wants us to be delivered, to be free of everything that's, the Bible says, you know, in uh, Hebrews 12, all the weights and the sin that so easily beset us that keep us from our focus just being consumed with who God is and what he's done. And, uh, I, you know, I probably am a little more uh, consumed by it because I was in here on Tuesday night and when I was worshiping, I could just feel the presence of God just sit in here, just he just came and sat down like he used to when I'd play my piano at night. And uh, I don't have a piano in my house anymore, so I don't sit down and play my piano like I used to. But I felt like he said, just go up to the church and just worship. And when I did that, he began to talk to me, began to sing to me. The word says that God will sing over us. He will sing over us in Zephaniah. And uh, I just began to hear him singing and the love of God. You know, that came out of his heart. Remember that old song? And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. You know, when I come to the garden alone and I spend that time, I believe God wants us to be so consumed with that kind of presence that when we begin to talk about him, we just rise to another level in our heart. We rise to another level in our life. It will change us forever. It will change us for eternity, just loving God. And this is what he says to us. You, this, is, this is the Psalm David wrote about the hiding place. Everybody say the hiding place. You are my hiding place. You will preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of, songs of deliverance. If you look at Psalm 31, it says... In that place of 20, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. You shall keep them secretly in the pavilion from the, sh from that, that's a, sh a shelter, the pavilion, from the strife of tongues. How many of you believe there's a lot of strife in our world? There's a lot of things going on. There's a place God has provided for us because of what Jesus did on Calvary that puts us in a place where we're sheltered. Everybody say sheltered. Now, that means when you're in a shelter that you, you're protected from what or isolated, so to speak, away from what's happening around us. And uh, it says in not Psalm 91, most of you know this, but uh, I love this psalm. It says, because he has set his love upon me. Everybody say, my love, my love. is set upon Jesus. Therefore, I will deliver him. Everybody say, deliver him. I will set him on high. I will, God will set you on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. 
You know, when, when we make him our refuge, when we make him our shelter, he says, I will deliver you. I will deliver you. And, and I feel like in the church, we need to be delivered. We need to be delivered from the cares and the things that, that are all around us so that there is a freedom in the church that the world cannot say is not there. There's just, you know, we can say all day long there's something different about the church. But, you know, if we don't really live that, then the Bible says that we become hypocrites. Everybody say hypocrites. And we're not hypocrites. We may be having things in our life we're having to overcome. But when you're consumed with the love of God, I don't mean just him loving you, but you loving him. Everything takes on a new picture in our lives. And it says in Colossians um, chapter 1, we actually had this scripture for our scripture last year in verse 11. But this is verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Everybody say, I'm qualified. To be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us. Everybody say delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son of his love. And then in Luke chapter four, Jesus himself, when he came, I'm just giving you a few scriptures here to begin this morning. Luke chapter four. This is what it says in verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Isaiah 61 that Jesus is prophesying, was prophesied about now declaring this is who I am because he has anointed me. He says he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty. Now that liberty word there is to be made free. It's the same as the word deliver to set free. It means to, to take someone out of a place of oppression because he goes on to say to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Before we knew Christ, we were oppressed. We may not have known we were oppressed, but we were oppressed. How many of you know there was a difference when you got saved, right when you first got saved? But I think there can, I think the, the devil can bring an oppression on the church that does not allow the church to explode into who they are. And this is what it says, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That means to deliver. You know, in Luke chapter 13, one of my most favorite stories in the Bible probably because Sharon Doherty wrote a song about this. And when she was recording it, I was with her and she turned around and, uh, what, you know, she, she said, this song reminds me of you, reminds me of your life. And it talks about the woman who was bent over and she couldn't straighten up. You know, this maybe in your life, you may not be bent over on the outside, but you're bent over on the inside. You know, that's, you know, a weight that's just on your life. And she was bent over. And it says that when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed. Everybody say loosed. That is delivered. Everybody say delivered. It actually means to untie, to detach or release. In other words, she was untied or detached from that infirmity. At that moment, you are loosed from your infirmity. T.G. Jakes wrote a book, woman, thou art loosed. What does that mean? You have been delivered from this position of darkness into this position of light. You have been set free from being bent over to being straight up. Hallelujah. And on your feet and active for God. And it says the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. Everybody say, this is somebody who's tired and sleepy. This is someone who's not awakened to the truth. This is someone who isn't awakened. It is somebody who has religion, but it is not somebody who's awake. 
It's somebody who knows all the rules and knows all the things everybody ought to do, but is not awake to the heart of God, not awake to what Jesus came to do in the earth. And it says here, and he said, and because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, that was a rule. Everybody say a rule. Everybody say, thank God I am out from under the curse. And we're going to talk about that next week on Palm Sunday. I'm telling you, the mighty God of Israel has delivered us from living a life that's like that. And it says, he said, and he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if I said to you here on, in church? Okay, folks, this is just, you know, church. Nobody's getting healed today. Nobody claps. Nobody raises their hands. Nobody shouts. Understand? We may sing stand up for Jesus, but you will sit down. <laughs> Hallelujah. That is not God. Everybody say that is not God. Because out of the inside of your belly will come a fire that will just explode you. I can remember directing choirs in the Methodist church. I was the only one on fire, but I get so excited when we sing and I'm directing the choir. I look like a, a, a windmill up there. My arms were waving and everything was happening. Everybody was very quiet, saying just exactly. Voices raised, but hearts did not raise. And that's what this is saying. What happened was we put a lid on it if we don't say to people, he came to make you free. Indeed, he whom the son. And so he said, the Lord answered him and said, hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham. Everybody say daughter of Abraham. He's talking covenant right here. Daughter of Abraham who Satan has bound. Whom Satan has bound. The devil has bound. The devil has power to bind. We have power to loose. We have a greater power because he is defeated now, but he does have power to bind where we are ignorant and hypocrites can be bound quicker than anybody because they think they do right and they talk right, but they don't live right. I'm not preaching to you right now. Okay. Whom Satan has bound. Think of it for 18 years. Be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced. The people rejoiced the adversaries. What were the adversaries? The people who had religion, but did not have faith. The people who had religion, but did not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Those who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ are different because we serve a God that lives on the inside of us. He's alive on the inside of us, and he brings us to our feet. In Daniel chapter 3, he's the God who has power to deliver. I love this story because uh, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were really pretty brave in their stand uh, in the situation they were faced with. They were taken into a land. Everybody say taken into a land as captives. They were in Babylon. You know, they weren't in a nice hotel. And they had been taken captive. And in that place of captivity, they decided to stand up for God. They decided they would not be quieted. They decided they would not be still. And they stood up in the position when they were challenged by the king that they had to worship him. And they had to bow down and do all these things. This is what it, he said. Who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? That's what the king's challenge was to Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. Verse 15. And in 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God who, whom we serve is able to, he is able to from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. 
In other words, you may be the king of the land. You may be the person who's in authority, but we have a God who is in greater authority. I want to tell you today in the government, they're, they're passing a health care bill or they're trying to pass a health care bill. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But I want to tell you that will not change eternity. That is a wake up call. It will not change eternity. God said that to me. This has nothing to do with where you live. This has nothing to do with what you do. This has nothing to do with who you are to be in the earth. This has to do with temporary things subject to change. And if you don't believe that, if we had a different president and a different Senate and a different house, it could be a whole lot different. Hallelujah. But in heaven, nothing has changed because they're voting in Washington, D.C. today. The king did not make any difference to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's future. The word of God, who God was, and he said, whatever happens, our God will deliver us. But just in case he doesn't, we're still not bound down to you. What that means is I'm still not giving in to fear. I'm still not giving in to doubt. Still not giving in to unbelief. I want to tell you, uh, it says in Psalm 103, would you like your benefit package? Would you like me to give it to you today? Here it is. In case you need to write this down, your benefit package for insurance. Hallelujah. This is what God says. Everybody say what God says. You can write this down. You can tell it to your neighbors when they ask you tomorrow, however the vote went. You can say, really, it didn't matter to me. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 103. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his, all his, all his benefits, for he forgives all your sins. And he heals all your diseases. Little need for a physician at that point. Hallelujah. Who redeems your life from destruction. And he crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things. And my youth is renewed like the eagles. That would be my benefit package. That will be where I live. That will be what I declare. That will be what I say. Amen. And so that's already been voted on at Calvary. Settled finished. Hallelujah. Jesus said it. It is finished. Now, when you live like that, there's a hallelujah in your step. I tell you, we're going to sing a song on Easter. It says a new hallelujah. I hope you've got yours ready. I hope you've got yours ready because we are going to hallelujah right out of this place. You say that woman is a wild woman. Yes, I am. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I am not going to be defeated by a world that does not know what it's thinking. And the word of the Lord is the church rises up in places where they're pushed down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego rose up. And I want to tell you, they came out of the fiery furnace and the king's servants didn't. And Daniel in the lion's den, if you read that story, he said the king even came to him and said, your God will deliver you. By then, this king wised up. Don't worry, you're going in the lion's den. They've killed everybody else, but they won't kill you because you're God. Your God. Everybody say, your God. There comes a point where the world recognizes, hey, wait a minute. We're in trouble. They've got a God. That's what happened with Rahab and the spies. When Joshua came in, she said, listen, we already are terrified of you people. So could you just save my family? Forget the rest of them. I'm a harlot. I have no reason to ask. But could you just save me and my family? Because we are all scared silly. Because God is coming in here. And when he comes, he is going to take over everything. Now, I want to tell you, even the harlot knew. We need to know 
where we're going today and be alert and be aware. God is moving on our behalf. When, when Moses was asked to be the deliverer, everybody say the deliverer. In Exodus 3.8, it says, God chose Moses. He came in a burning bush and he revealed himself to Moses. He revealed himself to Moses. And I felt like God said to me today, I am going to reveal myself to the church in a way where their eyes are going to be literally opened up. And it is going to put a holy fear in the church. A reverence. That's not scared to death. That's just to say, wow, he is who he says he is. Now, I believe he's going to show up in the church before he shows up to the world. Because what he shows up in the church is going to ignite the church to show up in the world. Hallelujah. And they're all going to say that was God. And for some reason, I believe in this church, God has chosen to use us in this community to reveal himself to this community. I don't know why he just said, okay, this is who I'm going to use for this thing. We don't get the big head. We don't think, oh, aren't we something? But I'll tell you this, anybody who magnifies God, he will magnify himself. So we magnify God. We magnify him in giving to the Sudan, doing whatever we do. And those things that God has asked us to do to give to others are causing, I believe, us to be exalted in this community so God can be seen. I'm telling you, the money that we send into the Sudan is phenomenal for a church our size. I mean, when we tell people about it, they're like, you do? You sent that much money? Yes, our people did. We did. That's what we did. And where are you? Well, we're still in the storefront, but don't worry. God's taking care of us. Hallelujah. I got this benefit package. Hallelujah. That says when I need a building, I'll have it. So right now I don't need it. Hallelujah. I'd have it. Praise God. See, and what that causes an excitement, anticipation that tomorrow could be the day that God shows up. And I mean, everybody will be on their face. Hallelujah. Saying, I, I don't know what it was, but it was like a shaking, like an earthquake happened. And when we woke up, Victory Christian Center was on 2800 Duncan Road. We don't know how it happened. Hallelujah. Must have been God. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, must have been God. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what we want. Amen. And so when Moses was asked to take the children out, God said, I've heard their cries. I've heard their groanings. I know what's going on. And I have sent a deliverer, Moses. Moses says, who, me? He said, yep, you. He said, I can't talk. He said, okay, get Aaron. Let him talk for you. But I'll talk to you. I'm talking to you, and you tell him, and he can say for you. But that's the way it's going to be, and I'm going to deliver my people. Now, this is the good part. He didn't bring them out to dump them on the hillside. Or to leave them in a wilderness. That was never his plan. He brought them out to bring them in. How many of you are ready to be brought out to be brought in? And I felt like God said to me, I've delivered a lot of them, but they're just sitting on their fanning. He didn't say that. I did. Yep. But they are sitting down. Everybody say sitting down. Sitting down. They're not standing up. I've delivered them. They've come out, but they haven't come in. Hallelujah. And I'm about to bring them in. I'm about to bring them in. I'm about to bring them in. And the way we get brought in is acknowledging why he's bringing us in. Why is he bringing us in? Is it because we're, we're a special people? Everybody say yes. Because we are. Now, we're engrafted in, so don't get the big head. The Jews were supposed to be the people. And if you read it in Deuteronomy, they were the ones. And, and he brought them out to bring them in. That's what it says in uh, Deuteronomy 6, 22. I brought you out to bring you in. 
And then in, in verse 7, he says, in chapter 7, he says, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all peoples. But because two reasons, everybody say two reasons. Because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath. Everybody say keep the oath. He would keep the covenant. He would keep the covenant which he swore to your fathers. The Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you, delivered you. Redeem is the same word. Set free, delivered, set pulled out. It does mean bought back, but it, it's, it's pulled out of bondage. It is separated from everything that would hold you back. From the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. The king of Egypt could not hold them because they were God's people. I want to tell you. A health care bill, uh, any decisions the government makes in this nation are not going to affect who we are as the church. They may affect us in the natural realm in some areas, but we are not limited by the natural realm because we've been talking about it for weeks. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. And so when our standards are set upon the word of God and the life of God, then we receive what God has for us. We do not receive what the world has to give. We receive what God has to give. Now, let me, let me read this to you. In verse 21, he said to them, you shall not be terrified of them. What? The enemies in the land. For the Lord your God, the great and awesome God is among you. Everybody say great and awesome. Great and awesome. The glorious God. My eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. You remember the old hymn, mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming. Yeah. Well, that song we just sang. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. Mine eyes have seen what's about to happen. My eyes have seen what God is about to do. And I cannot be contained on the inside for the joy that is set before me. Because God is about to be awesome in my midst. And so that happens. He said, don't be terrified of them. The Lord your God is great and awesome. He is a great and awesome God, and he's among you. The Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little. Deliverance doesn't sometimes happen all at once, but it does happen. It does happen little by little. You may be here today and say, I seem to be going through more things. Well, you're going to go through more things till Jesus comes. Turn to your neighbor and say, it just happens. It's called growing up. How many of you remember going through junior high? Wasn't that just, I mean, hell on wheels, junior high? Do any of you remember it? Junior high? Oh, my gosh. You don't even know who you are for three years. You're just wandering in the wilderness trying to figure out. You think your parents are, are crazy. You think you're, you're smart. The next day, you don't know who you are. Your friends, you don't know if they like you or don't. It could depend on the day. Hallelujah. It's just like a wilderness experience. And then you go through high school. You start getting a little wiser. But still, you know, you're hoping for college. You get to college, you get through that, and then you get out and you think, dear God, why didn't I stay at my mom's house? This is hard. Now i got to live life. You know, little by little. Everybody say little by little. Then you have kids and you got to figure out how to raise them. Little by little. Hallelujah. It changes every time they change ages. You have to change and shift gears. And so life is going to be like that. That's the good news of living. Things change in the temporary. But in the eternal... In the eternal, we are delivered. Little by little, you will be unable to destroy them at once, lest the beast of the field become too numerous for you. But the Lord your God will deliver them over to you. Everybody say, he will deliver them. He will deliver them over to you. In other words, your enemies, he's going to fix that for you. And will inflict defeat upon them until they are 
destroyed. Are you ready for that? Amen. You should be getting delivered this morning from whatever you came in here with. Hallelujah. You will go out different. Because God is lifting off things as he's speaking this morning through the word of God. And he will deliver their kings into your hand. And you will destroy their name from under heaven. No one. Everybody get this. No one. Everybody say no one. No one will be able to stand against you until you have destroyed them. Now, that's something to shout about. Hallelujah. What is it you're facing today? No, no lack of job is going to be able to stand longer than you can stand. Hallelujah. And you will destroy poverty. You will destroy lack. You will destroy the enemies that are against your children. You will destroy those things that hold people in bondage because you are the church. You are the church of a living God who has already risen and up in the earth through Jesus Christ right off of Calvary and sent him to heaven. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and me. Hallelujah. And it is powerful. It is powerful. It will blast hell right out of the way because hell has nothing against that. It can stand against the powers that are within you as a believer. Now this should deliver you today from stinking thinking or anything else that's holding you down. Because I'm about tired here, so you got to get it pretty soon, okay? i got to do this one more time, okay? Hallelujah. I'm not tired in Jesus' name, but I can tell that God has really got a warfare going on with some of you this morning. And I'm, this is a wake-up call. Everybody say, wake up. I didn't even know how God was going to do this message. But I'm telling you, the Spirit of the Lord is in the business of setting people free. For this purpose, that we will be a light of the truth of the gospel everywhere we go and that we are not held down by what's going on in the world. Shut off your TV and pray. Hallelujah. Shut it off and pray. I can tell you what they're saying. They're saying everything that's not right. So just start praying for him. Hallelujah. My husband preached a message on Wednesday night. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to stand against what the enemy is doing? You will never do it. If you don't get a revelation here of what God's doing. And this is the end. He says, you will not, no one, no one, no one, no one will be able to stand against you. No one. Why? Because he loves you. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's enough. It's more than enough. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. He did not come into the world to condemn the world. But by Christ, through Christ, the world would be saved. Saved, delivered. That word means delivered. I tell you, you are the church. You are the church. And, and Paul said in 1 Corinthians, there, there, there's struggles all the time. We're being beat up all the time. That's what he says in 1 Corinthians. And I'm going to close with this. And that's the way you may feel. You know, maybe in your job, maybe in what you're trying to achieve, maybe in... In situations and circumstances, you're thinking, you know, it just seems like I take two steps forward and one back. You're delivered. Everybody say, I'm delivered. I'm delivered. I didn't what it looks like. Hallelujah. But it says, he said, for we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure above strength so that we despaired even of life. In other words, we thought we were going down. We thought it was over. Yes, we had the sense of death in ourselves. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us once, that's, that's the first time, us from so great a death, and does deliver us. He's still doing it. 
He manifested every day in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Why? Because he loves you. Would you stand up with me this morning? Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus.